0: Hi, this is Max Lovman from Rookie, and you're listening to the Famous Cat Chronicle.
1: Hi, this is Thomas Durkin, and welcome to the third episode of the Famous Cat Chronicle. Now wait a minute, you guys are thinking, hey, This guy can't count. What happened to episode two? Not to mention the many episodes that he's released already. Well, let me tell you, there's a good explanation for all of it, and hopefully it'll make sense at the end of it. And if not, well, we'll just agree to disagree. Episode two is still in production. You're going to have to believe me when I tell you that because of coronavirus, all of us have been doing the best we can. I, aside from being a wonderful podcaster, also happen to be a dad, a substitute teacher, a domestic engineer, and uh, aide-de-camp to a wonderful executive who normally works out of I forget Illinois, but because of circumstances is now working out of a wonderful home office. So I do help her when I can. Anyway, neither here nor there, it does sometimes draw a man's attention away from the the podcast, love of his life, and so because of that, and because you know all of us are trying to find our rhythms, including myself, it's it's hard to get up the gumption to do it. I'm, I'll admit it. I mean, you know, times are tough. It's it's hard to not sink into despair and question crazy things like, "What does it all mean? What's the importance of?" And you know, all of that stuff is kind of counterproductive and counterintuitive yet makes perfect sense in these crazy pandemic times. But anyway, neither here nor there. The second, episode two, if you will, is still going to be The Hush Drops, an amazing Chicago band for whom I am just still completely over the moon about. And John San Juan was kind enough to not only come to my house in February and speak to me uh, remotely after that, he has since spoken to me a third time to catch me up to speed because some of the things that we spoke about the way they existed in February is not the way they exist now in September. So we've got an update from him, a couple of thoughts of how the hushdrops have been handling the pandemic. But in the meanwhile, there will be more mini episodes, and I am just over the moon to present to you episode three. Episode 2 being the Hustrops. Episode 3 is an incredible Chicago band called Rookie. They record for Bloodshot Records. And they just have this incredible pedal-to-the-metal three-guitar attack music. And it's power pop. It's classic rock. It's brand new. It's on Bloodshot Records out of Chicago. It is just incredible. And I bought the record. I bought the special edition vinyl. I There's two vinyl versions. You can get the standard black vinyl, or if you pay a little extra, you get the gold vinyl record. The reason I am kind of pausing my words is because there's so much to say about this. It's gold, but with flex in it. It honestly looks like a late 70s bowling ball, like I mentioned later in the podcast. And just not only is the record Beautiful. It was pressed here in Chicago by a brand new record pressing plant called Smashed Plastic. So shout out to them. There, it's just a gorgeous record. The band is n- relatively new. I mean, they've been a, together as a rook, a band rookie for about three years. But the name rookie is a little deceptive. I'll let I'll let Max Lobman from the band Rookie explain it all to you later. So in. Just buckle up and enjoy. I promise you, episode two is still on its way. I want it to sound really nice and special, and I hope it's not going to take forever because it's not fair to the Hushdrops to share to not share them with you, the world. So keep listening. For that, I will keep you posted. I will post, hopefully, a mini episode or two between now and then. But in the meanwhile, I am thrilled and pleased to present to you the Famous Cat Chronicle profile of the brand new band, Rookie. Tune in, folks. and Buckle up. You're going to love this one. right now with max loebman from the band rookie even though the name of the band is rookie i have to level with you max the sound of it is you guys have been doing stuff a long time whether or not it's been with rookie or whether it's been part of other bands is that a fair statement yeah absolutely i mean we e-
0: all have played in like various bands together or separately mm-hmm. uh, over the past, you know, like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. you
1: can hear it in the groups, definitely. What uh, What are some of the other bands that you guys have been a part of prior to Rookie?
0: I started out in a band called Yoko and the Onos uh, okay. with two of my best friends. <laughs> That's nice. And... Class. Yeah, and uh I was a songwriter in that band, but I we all kind of wrote together and I had this like stack of songs that have been piling up from years prior that we weren't doing and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna put out an album of my demos and then I put together a band called Max and the Mild Ones. Okay. And Dimitri from Rookie played guitar and Joe played Keys. Okay. Um Yeah, and then Steph from Yoko and the Onos played drums. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Paul Insani plays an evening attraction. He was on bass, and then eventually Joe's had his own band called Joe Bordenaro and the Late Bloomers. He asked if I would come play keys for them. Okay. So we were in each other's bands and we would have rehearsals, you know, a few rehearsals every week because we were in a couple bands together and we would all end up sticking around, just a few of us and jamming on like James Gang songs and Neil Young and stuff. Oh, wow. uh, so eventually one night we're like, why don't we just have one band where we all contribute and, and we go in that direction that we're, we're all so fond of. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, and, totally
0: so it ended up being me and d and joe all playing in the mild ones and then joe me and kevin who uh is joe's cousin we all played in joe's band together Uh, so it ended up being the four of us and we ended up accumulating justin bell on keys and chris devlin on guitar whom we knew from other bands in chicago as well
1: okay what bands have they been part of
0: Justin was in a band called The Threads, and then Chris has played with a bunch of bands that I've sat in with. Uh, mm-hmm. Luke Henry, mm-hmm. who's a fantastic Americana songwriter, mm-hmm. it, just to name like one, but he's you know played around for sure.
1: Okay. I heard you mention the name Paul Ansani. Any relation to Ted Ansani?
0: Yeah, it's his son. <laughs> no
1: way. Yeah, oh, we're all wow.
0: fans of material Issue as well. So. <laughs> Me too.
1: I have to tell you, I went to school with your friend Paul's uncle Mark. He and I went to grammar school together. I've had a chance to talk with Ted on Sonny a lot and with Mike Zelenko. I'm a huge, huge fan of Terry Lishy as well. So we oh wow, we got another thing in common.
0: Yeah, we're really big power pop fans. Yeah. So <laughs> wow. They definitely tick that box. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: We should compare notes. A friend of mine, David Feltzing, who by the way I have to give credit where credit's due, was the first one who turned me on to you guys. So, oh, awesome. But he wanted me to ask you, are you related to Brad Wiseman? Yeah, I am. That's yeah, he's, my uncle. He's friends with <laughs> with with your uncle, Brad. So. Oh,
0: awesome. That My mom is Brad's sister.
1: Oh, right on. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. I had purchased, uh, let me just express this for the podcast audience out there, because uh, it's an audio medium. There is a special version of your debut album, which is on golden vinyl. But it's not just regular goldenrod vinyl. It's got this sparkly, shiny stuff in it. It looks exactly like a bowling ball from the late 70s. It's, it's truly a thing of beauty. Not only is the music awesome, it's the, the album itself is awesome. And I had to compliment you guys for, for really tying it all together amazingly.
0: Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, I really hope that the dude would use our vinyl if it were a bowling ball. Uh, <laughs> but that's thanks to uh, Chicago's own Smashed Plastic. They have a great plant. Was in there right before quarantine started, and they were, they had a lot going on over there. A lot of great albums were being pressed, and they have a really cool operation. So it's great to uh, stay local. That's
1: awesome. I can- Time just for posterity's sake, introduce who is who and who plays what in the band, if you could please.
0: Yeah, so I'm Max Loebman. I play guitar and I sing and songwrite. We've got Joe Bordenaro on drums. He sings, he plays pretty much everything as well and, and songwrites. Everyone's songwrites, I should say. Okay. Um, we've got Christopher Devlin on guitar, slide guitar, some vocals. Dimitri Panoutsos also on guitar and vocals Mm -hmm. and then kevin decker on bass and justin bell on he plays the hammond b3 he plays piano he plays the the fender Rhodes, you name it
1: that's a hell of a lineup to have a six-person band how do you guys fit on smaller stages like empty bottle or something how would you guys even do it with with that many that big of a crew i guess
0: we're still figuring it out (laughs) (laughs) we've had some shows where you know because now Justin's got this great keyboard rig that we brought on tour with Cheap Trick where he had the Hammond B3 and a Fender Rhodes and so it took up a good amount of room. At at the Cheap Trick shows, we had plenty of room, but now that he's used it, it's like we can't go back to having a minimalist keyboard setup, it sounds so full it sounds so good so so, uh, we're trying to figure out how we can pull that off at a place like empty bottle thankfully we have a long time to figure that out (laughs) and the part of
1: rick wakeman the keyboard player will be played tonight by justin bell (laughs) exactly he's got this bank of synthesizers like you know keith emerson or something
0: yeah i was just watching the yes music video for tempest fugit i believe yeah Yeah, and he's got synthesizers on either side of him, and he's playing both at the same times with his arms out like Michael Jordan (laughs) wings.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) There's a long form video. I I hesitate to call it a movie, but the tour they did behind Close to the Edge, they did a live album, Yes Songs, and there's a video for it as well. Which, even though the sound on it is appalling and the video is muddy, it's still worth watching just as a historical document. It's really kind of cool to watch. If ever you get a chance to check that out,
0: because I'm. I've been listening to Yes all weekend. So. <laughs> oh man, I'm a
1: huge Yes fan, definitely.
0: Yeah, they're amazing.
1: All right, is everyone originally from the Chicago area and the you know suburbs or whatever?
0: Yeah, that's correct. Uh, three of us. Well, Kevin, I think is from Washington initially, but he moved to the well, South Side. Washington growing up. State, you mean? Or? Yeah, I, th- oh, wow. I think so. Okay. Honestly, I'm. Yeah, I don't want to butcher that, but. Um, uh, you know three three of us grew up on the south side mm-hmm. uh, in the south suburbs and okay. then the other the other half of us I'm I'm from the northern suburbs and Chris is as well he de- grew up in the northern neighborhoods of the city.
1: Oh, right on. Cool. Yeah, I was Edison yeah. Park myself, so yeah, same neck of the woods.
0: Yeah, yeah, Chris is actually he lives in Edison Park. Oh, right on.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. What it's is a great the great
0: neighborhood? Oh, yeah.
1: God, it was a good place to grow up too. You ought to know
0: Mother's looking now for you and your brothers looking now for you Make way
2: for El Matrix
1: Oh yeah What is the average age of the band members like roughly? Where where what era are you guys in?
0: Most of us are in our you know, early, mid-20s, Okay, and a, a couple of us are in our later 20s.
1: That's incredible, because the sound you guys have is this wonderful, hard-hitting, summery, kind of almost throwback retro sound, and it, to hear a band as young as you guys are, in, in, in the best sense of the word, play such mature music is, you know, it's, it's amazing. Gives me, hope,
0: yeah. There's a lot of really, really great rock bands, you know, that definitely thrive off of and, and borrow from in, in the most, like, you know, acceptable way.
1: <laughs> shout out time, can you educate folks who are some of the <laughs> other bands other than yourselves who really folks ought to be paying more attention to?
0: Well, there, there's like a good amount of support for this kind of scene, but it can always be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the bigger ones I can think of are, you know, a lot of the C- uh, San Francisco bands like uh, Ty Siegel. And the oc's i think are fantastic and then you've got this whole scene in australia with like courtney barnett and you know bands there's a band called stonefield it's i think it's three sisters and they sound like sabbath it's awesome oh wow um but you know then you've got even like local chicago groups that are really you know doing something special and maybe it's not quite that like classic 70s rock vibe but you know if i could shout out a couple bands Uh, yeah please
1: this is the place definitely
0: yeah there's burr and Galgun in the chicago area which you know ranges from like weasery indie rock to kind of shoegazy you know noise soundscapes and there's so much going on here uh you know we've have friends in the band beach bunny Mm who have had awesome opportunities in the past couple years to like girl k who we were supposed to have play with us at our empty bottle release show before it was postponed oh man um but Kathy from Girl K is a fantastic pop songwriter. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It's hard to cover all the grounds, but I'm, I'm a lover of guitar music, whether uh, me that too. means <laughs> whether that's beefy riffs or, you know, chugging chords or whatnot. And I feel like mainstream music has lost a touch with guitar music, but it's not gone. You know, it's still here. It's thriving uh, you're its own gonna, way.
1: You're going to make this 47-year-old weep tears of joy. Thank you for saying <laughs> that. And, and thank you guys for fighting the good fight.
0: I hope so. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I saw in your promo materials, you guys have been compared to thin Lizzie and the almond brothers. Do you guys think that's a fair comparison?
0: Yeah. You know, like it, part of me is like oh man they keep comparing us to you know they're on to us <laughs> 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 it's like all these comparisons to big star and thin lizzie i mean that's the stuff that we really love i think our music tastes collectively are super extensive and way beyond that but you know like for me i i listen to a lot of different stuff and i always end up coming back to thin lizzie and neil young and you know yeah have you had All a chance to hear the
1: new one, Homegrown, yet?
0: I have. Actually, oh. we we were talking about doing a cover of the title track. Yeah,
1: I um, that album blows me away. I I got a, a copy of it. I think for Father's Day, you know, the LP version of it, and it's it's perfect. It's like seriously, the missing link between the Ditch trilogy and Harvest. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's. It's fantastic, and some of those songs I've known, you know, for uh-huh. a while. Well, yeah, and the, put yeah. them out in some capacity. Yeah. But some of the ones that I hadn't heard, uh, like "Try," I think, is an incredible song. It's got yeah. so much feeling and heart behind it, and I, I'd never heard that before. And then, you know, there's other songs like "Homegrown," where I'd heard it before, right, but exactly. I'd never heard it like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's offering something new, which I think is awesome. Oh yeah. He's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. <laughs>
1: oh totally. He's uh, he's amazing. Even now to this day, he's still putting out great stuff. Um, Absolutely. So how did you guys get, take me through the history of of what you guys did before signing to Bloodshot, and then how did you guys get signed to Bloodshot Records?
0: Yeah, so we recorded our album in a slightly unconventional manner. Parts of it were recorded digitally, but the majority of it was recorded on the tape. When we started learning songs as a band, we started recording them off the bat instead of, you know, like writing an album and then going to record it. So Mm -hmm. the recording process for our record was like almost over a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, We probably started playing in late 2017 and finished our album in late 2019. Okay. Um, but we, along the way, were asked to do a song for Bloodshot's 25th anniversary compilation. Uh-huh. And so we had this Head Over Heels, you know, the Tears for Fears song. We had a yeah. cover of it that we'd been playing live from the start. Yeah. Like, Why don't we record that? You can- That was actually our first time working with chris who plays guitar now with us okay uh he he's also an engineer and okay. he we recorded it at his house and that was our first kind of connection with bloodshot we grew to really love the team there the staff at bloodshot are fantastic people and so that led to us you know talking about putting out an album together
1: that's awesome had the album been recorded prior to your involvement with Bloodshot? Like, did they have any say in the content? Or did they just kind of say, we trust you, do your thing? and I think
0: we came to them with the album completed. Okay. That's yeah, what... so we were at the phase where we were at when we finished it. We are like, all right, we're going to pitch it around a bit. And yeah. we pitched it to Bloodshot, and they cared about it. <laughs> they, they're music lovers at heart, and yeah. they were into it. And that's kind of, yeah, we... We were like, let's work together.
1: That they're an incredible label. I remember way back in the nineties going to Columbia College had something called the Independent Label Fest. And I remember going to like the second or third one and seeing them speak on one of the panels and just ever since then just being completely admiring of them. I mean what they've contributed not only to Chicago music but to national music is is just wonderful. Can't can't yeah, be understated.
0: It, yeah. It's Honest it's an honor to, you know, be working with the people that have put out artists like Laura Jane Grace and and John Langford and
1: The uh, Yahoos. Mm-hmm. Um, and even some more Brothers, like yeah, Mecons. they've done
0: some like singles with like Ben Queller, who I absolutely love. Yeah. Joel Patterson. Like just you know, they're not bounded by you know, they're an Americana and country level, but they're not bounded by that, you know, it's yeah. it's all the music I love.
1: <laughs> I mean, do you ever stop pinch yourself and just say i mean i'm not discounting the fact that you haven't worked hard and and earn this but do you ever pinch yourself and say oh my god i'm signed a bloodshot how, how cool is that <laughs>
0: absolutely i often will like stop and think about what i've got going on you know the positive things and think you know if, if myself five years ago or 10 years ago could see this now i'd be so thrilled and not that i am not now but that much more exciting. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. I like your son. Glasses. She's a renegade on road.
1: Now, I got to give you a shout out. The videos that you've filmed for your songs are really, really awesome. I I love the concept video for I Can't Have You But I Want You. I mean, with the girl and the guitar. Wow. Yeah. Now, (laughs) let's give credit where credit's due. Who filmed your videos for Sunglasses and I Can't Have You?
0: Oh, yeah. So, the sunglasses video was our friend's Alec. Bassey and Max Moore mm-hmm. they've worked with a bunch of our pals and they do a great job I think Max Moore has done filming for Shameless or okay. something like that I, you know they've got great resumes that idea we kind of put together as a band mm-hmm. you mean for I Can't Have You? It. no for sunglasses. Oh, was okay, then, sunglasses yeah I Can't Have You was directed by Adam Mormon and produced by Sean Pierce oh, and wow. We were put in contact with them through bloodshot this was kind of a weird happening but Mm -hmm. in february while we were on tour with cheap trick bloodshot expressed interest in a music video for that song and Mm -hmm. we were like brainstorming in the van Mm -hmm. ideas for uh, for the video and we pitched that exact idea to bloodshot Mm -hmm. and we were all like i think we were on the road when they filmed it so we weren't even there for it Uh and It came out fantastic.
1: Was that filmed here in the Chicago area?
0: Yeah, actually the record store in there is Sugar Records uh, on Milwaukee and Division. I used to work there.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's
0: a great record store.
1: Where's the guitar shop?
0: The guitar shop is Chicago Music Exchange.
1: Okay. It resembled, there's a guitar shop in Evanston.
0: Yeah, vintage guitars, I think, or no, that's vintage vinyl. No,
1: uh, the one I'm thinking, it's down the street from a lot of cool stores that have, like, there's this one shop that has, you know, curiosities and stuff. Okay, so I looked it up. The place that I was talking about right here is Guitar Works Limited. They're located at 709 Main Street in Evanston, Illinois. They sell a mighty fine guitar. I'd say tell them Tom from the famous Cat Chronicles sent you, but they'll go, who? Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled podcast. It's funny. I have my, my, one of my cats is nudging against the boom stand-in, and it's making all these weird boom sounds as I'm trying to do this interview. Come on, Lila. You're killing (laughs) me. What was it like opening for Cheap Trick? I have to say, you and they both have something in common. You guys have amazing, killer debut albums. I just had to say that. Self-titled debut (laughs) albums. What was it like being able to tour with them? How did that even come up?
0: Yeah, Most of us had never been on tour before, Uh so that was kind of a crazy first tour. You know, I've we've all played in bands, we've we've traveled. I've traveled straight to New York and back to play one show before. Oh wow, Um, that's a fourteen. I've spent, you know, right. I've in my previous band, Yoko and the Onos, we did like a small lag where we drove to St. Louis and then straight to Austin and then to Little Rock and then home. Mm-hmm. So I've, it was. it's all been very unconventional. This was the first proper tour that most of us have done. It came about through our awesome booking agent. Okay. Um, he was part of the team that put it together. Uh, he pitched us for it. Uh, we were hopeful but not banking on it and it came Mm -hmm. through and we were thrilled so it was really an honor playing with them they're true showmen to the utmost degree and and i don't know i i had a great time we were able to play for people who would who would have never seen us otherwise all while getting to see cheap trick every night for two weeks oh (laughs) god yeah yeah they even had us all come on stage you know and sing surrender with them which was a blast oh man a few times yeah that's incredible (laughs)
1: they're, they're yeah. a band that still has it too they they go up and down occasionally but I have some of their more recent albums you know we're all all right and bang zoom pow hello right there's they still got it I mean as far as new material they, they could so easily just coast and cruise on their legacy but they don't they're like hey let's put this out we still have something to say
0: yeah I'll, I got two things for you one Rick Nielsen told us he hasn't practiced guitar since 1967. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, Robin Zander, for the second thing, uh, can sing like never before. I mean, he sounds just as he does on the records. Oh, my God. Uh, he was in his. Uh, there was one moment where he was in the green room rehearsing. God, I'm trying to remember what song it was. You know, the point is he was complaining or whatever that he was having a hard time hitting the notes and I'm like, dude, you sound incredible. Yeah, right. (laughs) His standards. Yeah. Yeah. And and Rick Nielsen, of course, he'll like come out and talk to you, but he always has a guitar in his hand Mm -hmm. and between every sentence he says he has to like shred a little bit. (laughs) It's (laughs) crazy. (laughs) It's like punctuate the sentence, right? Exactly. That's funny.
1: You're talking about punctuating sentences like that. I had a friend once who was dating this girl who would punctuate sentences with, like, meow. And she was, (laughs) it was odd. And she wouldn't comb her hair. She would comb her fur. And and she wouldn't get her nails done. She would have her claws done. And (laughs) my friend said that, he would either grow to love it or it would drive him insane. Needless to say, he and the girl are no longer together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds interesting to Extreme. say the least. <laughs> but I, I'd much
1: prefer Rick Nielsen, you know, dashing off a real quick guitar shape, you know, in, in between sentences. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
2: Called my mind, it's in a worn-out state. You've got to read the paper to see what they said about.
1: So what other bands, big or small, have you had a chance to open for or play on bills with? And do you have any cool stories about that?
0: Um, So with Rookie, we've been able to... We actually opened for the Nude Party twice. That was one of our first shows. I, I guess they'd be another great band to check out for anyone that
1: loves... The Nude Party? Loves.
0: Yeah, anyone okay. that loves classic rock. And oh, yeah. Some of their songs remind me of the Kinks, and some of it reminds me of the Velvet Underground. Yeah, I think they're based out of New York now, and... I want to say that Jack White produced their nice. debut. Okay. I'm not positive on that, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. so we got to open. Our first show was opening for them at the Empty Bottle, and that was a blast. They came back, you know, like within the year, and we opened for them again. And then, you know, we had a few dates in March with Twin Peaks. Okay. Uh, We've known them for a while. Those are they're really great guys and songwriters and musicians. And then we were supposed to be on tour in April with Brendan Benson of the Rack and Tours. Oh, I know um, Brendan
1: Benson, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, we were gonna be uh opening for him as well as backing him for uh-huh. his set. So we actually had two rehearsals with him oh, man. that were really fun. He's a super nice guy, super talented guy. We were getting ready to play a set with him at South by Southwest, and in the middle of the second rehearsal, our phones all buzz and and we found out that South by wasn't happening and that was kind of the start of the weirdness that's this year <laughs> yeah
1: that's one thing um, that yeah. I wanted to ask you guys is your record release was scheduled for the Friday right before the world lockdown for an extended corona holiday how do you guys take that emotionally I mean what I mean obviously it can't be easy but how are you guys handling it philosophically
0: <laughs> well you know it was a weird weird like 12 hours coming to terms with that Uh, It was the first time that we sold out a show, you know, not at the door, you know beforehand And and we were really really excited for it our Mm -hmm. album our debut album was coming out that we worked so hard on and so We were 30 minutes outside of Pittsburgh to play at uh, I think mr.. Smalls theater with Twin Peaks when we found out that that show was canceled Uh, so we started heading home and you know, we were trying to determine what to do with our empty bottle show, and it was like, do we play it? Do we do a live stream? Do, like, do we postpone it? And, you know, eventually uh, Pritzker said, you know, no events with more than 50 people from this date onward. And we're like, yeah. all right, well, there. So we, we ended up playing uh, at Treehouse Records with a film crew that night. Oh, wow. And okay. and we played it. Yeah, I think it's still...
1: Is that that extended set? might still set be that, streamable. It's like a six or eight song set that was out there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, so, a, that's a... You guys are really tight there. I like it.
0: Thanks. Yeah, so, I mean, it was really... It was cool. It's the studio that where we recorded a lot of our album. And your uh, first
1: 7-inch was released through them as well, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and those well, songs yeah. were both recorded live. Yeah, I think those are, that Seven Inch is still available via Bloodshot. Oh, uh, I, I, I gotta like get it before it disappears. Quantity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when
2: you say goodbye.
0: You know, like the philosophy of that show being postponed, it's just like in my head and I think everyone else in the band and hopefully many other artists is that we don't know what the future looks like, but Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to adapt. And I feel that way about almost everything, but Mm -hmm. now more than ever, you know, whether that means uh, we've been doing like a live stream once a month. At first, we were taking a bunch of them and it was like kind of tiring having uh-huh. to perform a set like solo one yeah. of us uh in front of our phone
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah
0: Yeah, so we kind of decided, you know, less is more and, you know, we'd rather have a higher quality thing. So we should be posting some videos soon from the past live streams we've done, but we have awesome footage of us performing on the rooftop of the Virgin Hotel in Chicago. Yeah,
1: I was going to ask you. That was a heck of a gig. I didn't have a chance to see that gig myself, but I, I saw that you guys had done that, and I was wondering, that's a great way to capitalize on a rough situation is do this rooftop gig. Yeah, how, how you know, did that I'm, how did that go how was was it a good gig
0: Oh, it was really really hot out yeah <laughs> we were we were really high up it was really fun uh, we like brought our entire you know rehearsal setup like we have these old 70s sure vocal master PA towers oh uh, wow. I think, like deep purple used them in Japan and, and and all sorts of you know there's some cool advertisements for them if you look them up on Google <laughs> but, oh yeah um, totally yeah so we we brought those and you know we brought all of our amplifiers and stuff kind of cramped up there, but we brought a film crew with us. Um,
1: oh wow, so can yeah. we expect to see that footage? I hope
0: Yeah, so w- there's a great new platform called Noon Chorus. They do these you know live streams for musicians where you buy okay. a ticket in advance. That was what we did that for, but uh-huh. uh, we're we're gonna I think we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna end up releasing just a few of the songs from there. so that should be up on YouTube at some point next thursday september 10th we are performing at lincoln hall uh oh, with wow. their new staged program so it's a again it's a live stream but okay so how can that. people
1: get a chance to watch that
0: if you check our socials we have links to all of that but you know let me i think on the audio tree website maybe it's let's okay. see all right i have it right here
1: all no. right folks check that out <laughs> hopefully this podcast will be released in time to capitalize on that if not hopefully you'll be able to catch it second time around on on the interwebs
0: right yeah so i that's a great thing that they're doing at lincoln hall all the all of our favorite venues are you know finding something and we need to support them uh yeah so i guess if you go to the audio tree website you're able to get tickets for these and we're actually playing you know we've been quarantined for however long and we started getting together and we have all these songs written now so looks like we're going to debut a few new tunes
1: as well so wow yeah that would be excellent Oh, man. More material for, for us diehards to go purchase now. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, I guess what are some other opportunities you guys have been thinking about to try to promote this really excellent debut album of yours? Related to that longer range, what are you hoping is next for Rookie as a band, as a music-making juggernaut?
0: I think our goal is to be one of those workhorse bands that, you know, is constantly putting out new music. And maybe that's going to take a second with the way that things are right now. But this uh, whole COVID thing is what you make of it. And I feel really thankful that we're all safe and all of our families and friends are safe right now. But we've been working hard on new songs and I can't wait to uh, get those out in the world whenever that may be. I lost you on the first part of that question, though.
1: What's next in store for you guys? Have you had any great new novel ideas how to promote your excellent debut album? And then longer range, what are you guys hoping is up next in the future for Rookie?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I think we're, you know, definitely a band where, you know, at the heart of us we're a live band. So this whole thing kind of hurts in that way, but like I said, like we're just working on new songs and and all these opportunities, you know, for kind of higher quality live streams I don't think the world is quite ready for live music. I'm not Unfortunately. Ready. <laughs> I'm yeah. a huge fan and I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I think these opportunities to be able to perform virtually is kind of the closest shot we've got right now. And, and I've been able to watch a few of them and, and it's great entertainment. I mean, I can sit on my couch with a Miller light that isn't $12. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and I should say, uh, I do miss going to Lincoln Hall or Shuba's or <laughs> Empty Bottle and where beer is not that expensive. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, and some of these, like this Lincoln Hall one we're doing in particular, for anyone that buys tickets, it's helping support us, but it's also helping support those venues that
1: we love dearly. Excellent. Yeah, we got to keep in mind, as well as the bands having a tough time, so do the venues have a tough time. So anything we can do to help them make it through the hard part yeah. is definitely going to be appreciated yeah they're okay. an
0: integral part
1: of that community absolutely as are you guys now so well max Lopman from the band rookie i really want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today and i really wish the band rookie loads and loads of success you guys have an amazing debut album and i'm gonna promote it the best i can from my side
0: i really appreciate that thanks for having me on
1: absolutely thanks max There you go. Make sure that you're looking out for this Thursday, September 10th, 2020. If you go to audiotree.tv and scroll down to the section where it says staged, you will see Rookie's Concert Event details and how to be a part of it make sure to go to audiotree.tv special thanks goes to david feldstein at kids guitar atlanta and to josh zanger of bloodshot records for making this interview possible special thanks of course going out to max loebman and the whole band of rookie thank you so much everyone for listening keep listening more episodes coming including the big one the great one episode two hush drops thanks so much keep listening the keeper Max Loebman from the band Rookie I really want to thank you for being part of the famous cat chronicle and I wish you guys a lots of success we'll be doing everything we can to promote you from from this side Max
0: oh my god I'm sorry I lost you in the middle of that. No, but
1: it's okay <laughs> it's like who's on first you know oh man (laughs) what's on second yeah (laughs) i don't know who's on third